Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 my friends. So happy to have you with me today here on the Inside Story podcast. I'm your host, April Adams Pertwee, and I am going to jump right in to it today with a truth that I want us to discuss. And that truth is that most people and most brands for that matter, quite honestly, are scared to death to share their story. Now we're really good at putting up the facade of sharing our story. We can share the plastic wrap version of our story all day long. You know, this is the story that's safe and secure and tested. But the minute we start to bleed outside the lines of safety and security, we get a little squirmy over here, don't we? Things start to get a little uncomfortable. And I see this every single day in the work that I do at Light Beamers, helping women leaders and business owners figure out how to reach their audiences on a deeper level, which always means they have to tell more vulnerable and authentic stories. Now, did you catch that word? Vulnerable? Yeah. The definition of vulnerable, according to Webster Dictionary, our friend, is susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. I mean, yikes, no wonder we're struggling. People are struggling to tell our story, right? We are all just deathly afraid of what other people are going to think. Or worse, we're going to be afraid of what they might say to us in response to sharing our story, which can feel like an attack. So yes, putting yourself out there takes guts. Now, the queen of this conversation around vulnerability is author Brene Brown. I hope that you're familiar with her work. If you are not, please Google her right after you listen to this episode. But Brene Brown says, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never a weakness. Now, Brown goes on to say this, that vulnerability is based on mutuality and requires boundaries and trust. It's not oversharing. It's not purging. It's not indiscriminate disclosure. And it's not celebrity style social media information dumps. Now, I want to dissect both of these statements a little more with you today on the show, because I think this is where people get confused about the intention behind sharing your story and why so many people shy away from sharing their story in general. And you might be in that camp. So first of all, 
let's discuss what vulnerability sounds, the fact that vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage, that it's never a sign of weakness. Again, quoting Brene Brown. For a lot of people, the minute they feel uncomfortable, a little squishy or soft, right? They retract because deep down they are scared of being seen as weak. A lot of times there are elements of our stories that have made us feel this way in the past. Your story might include some pretty heavy stuff like abuse or abandonment or failure of some kind. I'm just using those three as an example. But a lot of times people who have experienced anything like that have also felt weak or less than in those situations. So the thought of sharing that piece of your story can conjure up this idea that by sharing that, sharing that truth, that you'll somehow be admitting that you were weak or less than. When actually the exact opposite is true. Now, this is the really hard part because the way that you're going to be able to really get yourself to see the truth of this, get you in that opposing view, is you have to start examining your story from the lens of your audience. Okay? So let me give you an example of this. When you hear someone else who suffered through some similar things, like keeping with my example, maybe they have suffered through some type of abuse or abandonment, or they've had some sort of massive failure in their life is the very first thought in your mind. Wow. What a loser they are. <laughs> I mean, I am hoping that you're saying no, April, of course not. I'm not thinking that most of the time when we hear other people's stories that include these really big challenges, our first thoughts are, wow, how courageous they are how strong they must be to survive and overcome such a thing. This is why I want you to start examining your own story from the lens of your audience. If your very best friend came to you with the exact same story that you're dragging around, would you judge her or celebrate her? Would you attack her or support her? You guys, do you see we are our own worst critics. So when we open ourselves up to vulnerability, the only people that are really going to attack us is ourselves. So back to that definition around being vulnerable, susceptible to attack. The key word there isn't attack. The key word is susceptible. All it means is you're opening yourself up to the possibility of being attacked. But what Webster Dictionary fails to offer up is that you are also opening yourself up to the possibility of being seen and heard and accepted. Can you, for just a moment, entertain the idea that when you share your story, this same story that we're talking about, some sort of story around abuse or abandonment or failure or whatever big challenge it is that has been um, something that you're dragging around, can you imagine for a moment and entertain the idea that it might be the greatest opportunity you have for receiving love and support and acceptance? Can you imagine that? And furthermore, maybe you can even go as far to imagine that by sharing your story, that someone else needs to hear it 
and that when they hear your story, they also feel seen and heard and accepted. Now just think about that for a second. Now let's dig into Brene Brown's other point, which is vulnerability is based on mutuality and requires boundaries and trust. It's not oversharing. It's not purging. It's not indiscriminate disclosure. And it's not celebrity style social media information dumps. What Brene is saying here is that sharing your story doesn't mean you have to share all the dirty details or throw other people under the bus. What she's saying here is she's using these really key phrases and words like mutuality, boundaries, and trust. Because when you share your story, you have to keep that in mind. You have to understand what your own boundaries are of what you're willing to share and what you're willing to not share. And that's okay. You also have to know you have a trust with the people that you're sharing it with, that you're not just putting it out to the universe to be opened up to every single criticism. Um, And it's not about oversharing or purging or just spilling your guts all over social media. I mean, that is not good storytelling. You must be clear on the intention of sharing the story to begin with in order to be in that state of having the boundaries and the trust, okay? So the big question I want you to answer is why is the story something you want to share? And secondly, who do you think needs to hear it? Who could benefit from it? If you will approach your storytelling with the intention of helping someone else, you will always have your compass set in the right direction. And it will be so much easier for you to avoid the pitfalls like oversharing and purging and dumping yourself all over other people. So to give you a stronger anchor into these ideas, I want to share with you an exercise that I teach my clients called the flashlight. And so first, I want you to imagine the flashlight, really visualize what it looks like holding a flashlight in your hand. You have the shaft of the flashlight, and at the bottom of that shaft is where you insert the batteries, right? That's what gives the light power. And as you go up the shaft, there's a button typically that you can click on or off that will turn the light on or off. And then finally, there's the bulb of the flashlight where the light actually shines outward. So when you think about the bottom of your flashlight, I want you to think about your why. Why is sharing this story important to you? What is driving you to share this story? Because this is you plugging in the batteries, okay? The light can't shine unless we have batteries in our flashlight. So you have to get connected to why you're motivated to share the story and what's driving you in this arena. As you move up the shaft, I want you to shift over to the message that your story has the capability of, sh- of sending to other people. So I want you to connect deeper to the message because this will allow you to measure the potential impact your story can have on other people. This is essentially you clicking the button to your light on. And then finally, you have to think about who are you shining the light for? Your who is the bulb of the flashlight. This is actually where the light goes out and shines for other people because you want to be connected to who needs to hear this story from you and receive this message. When you build a really strong flashlight, 
tapping into your vulnerability and truth becomes so much easier and way less scary. Now, I want to shift gears here and talk a little bit about what actually happens after you share your story. And this is where we're going to get into what I like to call the vulnerability hangover. I've seen this over and over and over again. I mean, heck, I've experienced this over and over again myself. So I know firsthand what this feels like. And I'm telling you, no matter how grounded you are in your why, no matter how strong of a message you have to send, and no matter how connected you are to your who, once you share your story publicly and openly, you are bound to experience this hangover. There's a lot of buildup that has to occur in order to ready yourself to share your story. And then afterwards, when it's over, it's like you're just thrown into this big abyss. I don't know how else to describe it, except that it's like the dark hole. And what happens in this phase is that we tend to go into some sort of analysis paralysis, right? We're overanalyzing every aspect of our performance. Did the story land? Did you write it or say it exactly as you had practiced it or planned it? Did you get the feedback that you were hoping for? Or were people's reactions different than what you expected? Even if you feel great about your performance and delivery, or you have the most positive feedback coming in from your audience, you can still suffer from this vulnerability hangover. The vulnerability hangover is the best word I can find to describe how this feels because it just feels like a big empty black space where you're left questioning and replaying the story over and over in your head and just feeling extra emotional. Because what's really happening here is a big emotional release. And I don't think people anticipate this. And it's why the vulnerability hangover can take a lot of people by surprise if you're not expecting it and if you're not ready for it. And I want to give you an example of this. For the last three years, I have put on this really big event called the Storytelling Symposium. It's a live event that I produce. We um, typically, we've, we've hosted it in Dallas, Texas for the last um, three years, two years. One year was virtual because of COVID. But we have this live event where um, it's a full day and I bring in other women speakers who I think are brilliant at sharing their story and delivering a, one heck of a good message to the audience. And we spend a lot of time with um, the audience connecting and workshopping together. I teach a lot on storytelling for a good chunk of the day. And it's just a lovely, lovely um, event. It's one of my favorite things that I produce every single year. And then there is always a time when I take the stage and I share a piece of my story too, because I feel like that's quite important. If I'm going to teach this stuff, I also have to walk the talk, right? So leading up to the event, I think about the story that I want to share at this year and kind of tapping into what's bubbling up inside of me and some experiences that I've had maybe in the last six months to a year that helps me pull together the story that just feels right. And it, it, it illustrates a message that I want to share that day. And because I know the type of woman who attends this event, I know that the story is something that I can serve her and it be it'd be fitting, right? So I think a lot about this. I think a lot about my talk and what I want to share, um, what it's going to look like the day of the symposium. I craft it. I practice it. I even pray over it before starting the event that day. And my prayer is always that my words will be received as they are needed that day, that I 
I'm giving up control that I'm just going to be used as a vessel to be able to share a story in a way that will be impactful and um, will be really helpful. That's always my intention. And that at the end of the day, that sharing the story will positively impact or influence someone else, at least one other woman in the audience, and that will feel really good. And when it's all over, I usually do feel really good. I'm really excited. I'm kind of riding this big high well into the night, feeling really proud and humbled by everything that unfolded during that day. And then I wake up the next day <laughs> and, and it's like all of a sudden, all of those feelings have evaporated and I have, I'm now in the big abyss and I always wake up feeling uh, pretty empty and lost. There's just so much buildup that goes into the story and that event. And there's just so much anticipation and so much thought put into the story that I'm going to share that when it's all over, I just feel really off kilter. Now, the first year this happened, I wasn't prepared for this. And, and I just was really thrown and I almost felt like a little mini depression afterwards. And thankfully I have some amazing coaches and friends and mentors who, who just acknowledged, you know, that this is very normal that you're feeling this. There is a big letdown after producing such a big thing, but more importantly, I think sharing your story. And so in the years that have followed, I now plan for this vulnerability hangover. I know it's coming. I know it's coming, I can anticipate it, and it doesn't freak me out. And I'm so much better prepared and ready for managing it. So now, you know, I take the following day, and I plan to just rest and sit with my feelings. Sometimes I cry, and I have a big release, and I'm usually alone. My husband even has really learned to just give me that space. A lot of times, I, if I'm in Dallas, I'm at a hotel anyway, and so I, I book an extra day at the hotel. You know, I might order room service. I'm just, I'm just April and her feelings and a big blob on the bed, you know, and that's okay. I might take a long, hot bath uh, because it, it's really okay. I've learned to just sit and feel the feelings, just to feel the feelings and acknowledge that they're there. And I don't try to just force them away. I don't try to just get back to work. I don't try to just go about my day as if everything is normal. I really understand that this vulnerability hangover is an important part of the process. And I now know how to protect it and embrace it. So it might take me a day or two, but now that I've given my space, myself the space to feel all of this, I'm much more likely to recover and bounce back into my normal routine quicker. Whereas the first year, I mean, it took me like a week, you know, <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with me? When reality is there was nothing wrong with me. I was just feeling the full effects of sharing so openly my story with other human beings, and I was feeling that extreme vulnerability. And the vulnerability, remember, as Brene says, it's not weakness, it's bravery and courage. But if you aren't prepared for this vulnerability hangover, you might consider the process of sharing your story a very negative experience because you don't really know what to do with all of those feelings afterwards, which is why I want to share this with you today. Because I think it's pretty important that you know this information. 
I have shared this with so many clients who are publishing books for the first time or taking the stage to share their story or being interviewed on podcasts, whatever it may be. All of these things are really incredible accomplishments that they are celebrating, right? They get to go do these things and they're taking these big steps to share their story openly with other people. Yet, once it's over, they often feel this huge, dark abyss that I'm speaking of. And I remind them, this is okay. This is just your vulnerability hangover. You've just put yourself out there in a really big way and you are feeling extra vulnerable. You're feeling a little extra exposed and you're feeling a little extra tender. And that is okay. When you know this going in, you are so much more prepared for it when it actually happens. And then you end up having a much better experience as a result. And that's what I want for you. I want storytelling and learning to share your story to be an amazing experience for you. And as Brene Brown says, when you shut down vulnerability, you're just shutting down opportunity. So we don't want to run away from the vulnerability and we don't want to run away from that vulnerability hangover. Vulnerability isn't something to run away from. It's something to run towards and fully embrace it with all the feels, right? Feel the feels. And so this is something I want to encourage you with today to not fear vulnerability, but rather to fully experience it in Even in the moments when the hangover is very real, I want you to experience it because it just means you've done something that required courage and bravery to begin with. And so soak it up, celebrate that. I applaud you. It means you're doing it right. So step into your brave, my friend. Your story is waiting for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. 
Women's Voices Amplified.